I am 71 years old, born in 1948. But don't you feel like if you had seen that first and then met me, wouldn't you have been like just shook by how young I looked when you met me? You would have been like, oh my God. He's Benjamin Button. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from beautiful Agora Hills, California, as we wrap up our final week of the preseason. Joining me today, he's the youngest 71-year-old I know. (laughs) You know him by his work at at both Sports Illustrated and Yahoo Sports. He is now loudly dispensing real talk on a television near you a.k.a. NFL Network, Mike Silver is in the house. (laughs) Um, Mike, I wonder, you know, what it would really take for you to be Mike Gold, you know? Like, where do we make that jump for you? Maybe my Wikipedia would have to list my age as fewer than 71 years, but, you know, Wikipedia is never wrong. It is 100% unassailable as a source of information Absolutely. i know that because anyone can change it at any time so how could it not be all you so, journalism uh, students out there. There, there there you go uh, i mean in my day back in my day back in uh, you know the 50s when i was growing up we had to go get an encyclopedia <laughs> that have like you know 90 books on a shelf and then take one out and look things up but on a positive note encyclopedias were overwhelmingly correct yeah sometimes outdated but but uh they actually you know the people only the people who worked for the encyclopedia company could put information in not any reader so you know it, it's just apples and oranges really just because it ends in edia doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it's correct at this point that's like right media. you should media. We, yeah exactly yeah, like we should just add Edia to your podcast. Yeah, the Ramblinia. Yeah, <laughs> the definitive authority on football. There you go. Uh, you are actually not 71 years old, but it does say it on the internet that you are. Um, I, I like this story of your your daughter changing it up just to, as a funny prank. Well, I, I was covering a 49er game. Uh, maybe about 10 years ago, or as Wikipedia would put it, 31 <laughs> years ago. And uh, I was, uh, my daughter, who is my oldest of three kids, was then 13. Uh, she did not have a Wikipedia, so that was her actual age. And I I got a kind of, my daughter's, you know, kind of out there and funny, but I got kind of a, almost an apologetic text from her during the game, and she said that she and her friend had gone onto my Wikipedia and had changed some things. So I checked it out, and there were a lot of changes, not just the age. Uh, I think I was like a 10-and-under runner-up in the national you know, roller skating championship. Congratulations. About four- yeah, thank you. Uh, and by the way, if it's runner-up, they can't fact-check it. So That's silver, I could, though. You literally That's Mike Silver, bada-boom! Name any category, and I will tell you that I was the national runner-up in the 10 and under category, and you might believe me. I mean, literally, oh, yeah, um, Rubik's Cube, yep, runner-up national, 10 and under. That was me. You'll never be able to fact-check it. It's just a a great cover story. So 
Yeah, I kind of liked it conceptually. Um, and this, you know, this goes back to my, uh, you know, journalistic instincts. And I never really liked Wikipedia because it can be changed. And I, I illustrated that one time back when I was at Yahoo, I would do an email reply uh, section of my column sometimes. That's, you know, it's kind of before Twitter took over and people would rip you. You know, there was a little bit of a delay. You'd get emails that, you know, told you how terrible you were because you didn't rank the team they loved eighth instead of what that happens. That's crazy. And so, uh, but you know, and people, it was, you know, I controlled the column. So of course I always won and, uh, you know, it it flummoxed people sometimes, but, uh, I had written something about one of the Super Bowls being the best ever. And it kind of, that kind of became an affectation for me because I did it a lot. When I was at SI, I declared, I think the, it was Super Bowl 34, the uh, Rams, uh, Rams Titans to be the best ever. I had previously done it with Broncos Packers, and then you know, it just kind of became a thing. I did it a lot. And I grew up in an era of really bad Super Bowls. And uh, so at one point, somebody, I think I did a top five column, and somebody thought that Bill's Giants, uh, 1990, so uh, Super Bowl, 25 uh, should be on the list. And that was the one that came down to uh, Scott Norwood of the Bills uh, with a 47, 48 yard field goal and missed it at the end. And, uh, you know, I thought it was outside the top five. And in, in making his argument, the person said that, you know, that missed kick is so iconic that if you go to Wikipedia and look up wide right, that will be the entry. And my reply was, Wikipedia, I just changed it to wide left, which pretty much (laughs) describes how I feel about it. You know, something else that could be found on Wikipedia but happens to be on Twitter. Um, I saw Skip Bayless's tweet recently. I don't get the Aaron Donald phenomenon. (laughs) Um, Do we need to remove his blue check mark? Like, is this, does this, what is happening? With this, <laughs> I, I have an amazing Skip Bayless story, and I'm going to only tell you because I've never shared it publicly, but a, a couple of my friends know it. So back when I was at Sports Illustrated, early on, um, I covered the Cowboys a ton. I went there in '94, and uh, you know they were still very, very good. And uh, I, you know, wrote some things, and I uh, Skip Bayless was kind of a big deal. He had been a big time sports columnist at one of the Dallas papers, but at the time that this story takes place, he was, he had lost his job and was kind of staying afloat doing a newsletter that he would fax to, it was basically a Dallas sports newsletter that subscribers would get via fax machine. Maybe you are 71 years old. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, so this was a guy who'd been big and I was, you know, I kind of went to SI I came from the Santa Rosa Press Democrats, so a lot of people were like, whoa, who's this guy? Like, where did he come from? And Skip Bayless had been a real established guy, and now he was, at the time, just staying afloat. And I was in um, the little media library at the old Cowboys facility, uh, just just me, kind of looking through some clips, and this guy is in there, and he looks up, and he says, are you Michael Silver? And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm Skip Bayless. And I was like, oh, wow. Really, you know, excited to meet him. And he just said, listen, 
I just want to let you know, I've been watching you and you do a really, really good job. Like I'm really impressed. It's great journalism. I really like you as a writer. And I was like, I was so happy. I was like, wow, it's good, man. That's cool. And uh, he's like, here's my number. If you, if I could ever do anything to help you, you know, please call me. I was just like, yeah, that's awesome. So uh, now it's Sunday. Cowboys don't play well. They lose. I end up, you know, I, I always write the winner, but I have to end up writing some things about the Cowboys that probably aren't that flattering. And I had a lot of inside information, so it was maybe more vivid. So uh, now the story comes out maybe Wednesday. I'm at home. And uh, somebody calls me and says, hey, man, did you see this, like, uh, get Bayless back newsletter? I'm like, no, nah, what do you mean? And, like, they're like, oh, you should try to find it. And, like, somehow I, like, somebody faxed it to me or something, and there's an entire article about how Michael Silver of Sports Illustrated is the worst. He's everything that's wrong with journalism. <laughs> this story shows it. And just eviscerating me. So, like, I feel like if just that had happened and not the first thing, I would have just like kind of laughed and been like, yeah, whatever. But the combination of the two was like kind of jolting. I was like, wow. Wait a minute. Our beautiful we friendship. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the last time I really had a conversation with Kip. But, uh, you know, he is, he is definitely paid to give opinions. And if you're looking for an opinion in the NFL, uh, that I don't get this Aaron Donald phenomenon. Like that's about as revealing uh, in terms of not only do I not know football, but I don't talk to people who do regularly because uh, that one will get shot down. I mean, I I was uh, doing a thing with Fletcher Cox of the Eagles and uh, Chris Long, who thinks Fletcher Cox is awesome, uh, was at some point he and I were talking about Fletcher Cox and how good he is, and then when Aaron Donald kind of came up it was clear that chris held him in a completely different stratosphere and fletcher cox is great so that tells you all you need to know for sure and i think that's i was talking to a couple other journalists in the media room um at the rams facility after and i was just like there is something actually steve weish called me out he's like why are you responding to a skip bayless tweet serena but there is something i'm like bro but don't leave ad alone like he is the furthest from like the furthest 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 person you want to bother right I, like I, 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 there's a two-word answer for steve's question and the answer is <laughs> the bronx the bronx i know <laughs> i can't hide i can't hide my <laughs> there's just these moments though because like ad is you know oh the nicest guy, he's paid well. He's still the hardest working uh, player on the Rams roster, and he's he does everything correct, right? He's nice. He speaks well. There's really nothing. Yeah, he's a good family man. Like he, he's, and he's apparently, like, you know, off the field, he's so chill. And apparently on the field, he is, you know, he goes into an incredibly bizarre place that is scary, yeah. which makes sense. But, uh, you know, I don't know well that I've, I've obviously talked to him a lot over the years and my favorite Aaron Donald story is uh, back in 2017. Uh, so they go, the Rams go up to Seattle and that was the game where they basically took over the division and, and won the division and ended essentially that, that Seahawks, uh, you know, that, that whole defense uh, because they dismantled it after the year to the Seahawks credit. They still made the playoffs somehow last year, but uh, you know, it was kind of a, a game that'll go down. I think is the end of one era and possibly 
the start of another. And, and Aaron was so good in that game. Uh, I mean, that it was just insane. Like, I, I feel like he won the defensive player of the year just off that game. Mm-hmm. Not that he hadn't won it the other 15. And I went up to him after the game in that locker room at, at CenturyLink, and I said, you know what, dude? I said, you should have just held out in the third quarter. Like, he was, he was wrecking the game so insanely. I'm like, you should have just gone up gone up to your bosses in the third quarter and said, okay, I really want a new contract. I'm not going to play the rest of the game. I'm like, the deal would have got done immediately. So, uh, obviously, it all worked out. But, uh, no, um, you know, I, I tend to get along better with people who, uh, you know, don't sit back and lay low. I like the fact that uh, you step to whoever you step to on Twitter. Uh, my view on Twitter is very different from every social media expert who's ever told us how to act. Uh, I try not to bore myself and I take no crap and uh, I applaud those who, you know, have an edge to them. And by the way, Steve Weiss deep inside is a uh, fight back on Twitter kind of guy. He just trying to spare you the He's the trying to look out for his friend. Um, no, That's your right. your Twitter timeline is glorious with calling people out when um, people like to critique is the light word for it. Your, your well, work. Well, I, I mean, and, you know, and I, and I block very quickly and, you know, somehow, like, some people conflate that with, oh, you're a coward. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really a coward. I'm like, when I block, it's, it's I have very clear reasons why I block, uh, you know, anything racist or bigoted. I don't even, you know, I don't even, I have no desire to debate you over that. It is so, you know, ridiculously loathsome that I don't want you in my universe. And by the way, I would argue that if you are openly supporting on Twitter, a president and a regime that is openly uh, espousing those thoughts that to me, that's one of the same. So just as it was once said, we make no distinction between terrorists or those who harbor them. I make no distinction between bigots, racists, and those who uh, do their bidding and support those people. So that's an easy one. And then the second real easy one is um, anyone who questions my journalistic integrity. And, And I'm not talking about I mean, there's a whole other subcategory of, you know, what do you know about, you know, blah, blah. What do you know about Seahawks, blah, blah, blah. I, I heard that Russell Wilson this. It's like, it would like literally the voice be like for a, those guys, too. What do you it would literally be like if you and I went to the dentist and the dentist was like, okay, <laughs> um, you've got a root canal. I don't, that's not true. I have a, you know, it's not even a cavity. Like, what do you know? Like, no, no, I'm the dentist. So, I may not know every single thing about everything, but if you, you know, accept the fact that I talk to coaches, players, talent evaluators, owners, et cetera, et cetera, on a regular and constant basis, there's a decent chance that I do know more than some dude on Twitter who is now trying to argue with me on equal terms. But that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, questioning my journalistic integrity. In other words, you made that up. You're lying. Um, Oh, sources, give me a break. Or, you know, my favorite in recent years, fake news. Uh, I mean, easiest two-word block in history. So, um, you know, I'm just not, I'm sorry. I'm like, my journalistic integrity is really, really important to me. I've been, you know, fighting for it for decades. And according to Wikipedia, many decades. And, <laughs> I, you know, I just, um, it, I'm really, really serious about it. And, yes, I have fun on Twitter. And, 
yes, I give opinions and yes, I, uh, you know, like to be funny and stuff, but I'm super serious about reporting and being accurate and, uh, you know, trying to get inside and get the real story. And if anybody out there would even consider trying to mess with me on that, I don't want them on my timeline either. And then, you know, and then I think there's just a, a blatant disrespect metric that, you know, I will also block, block. for, but you know, and then there's, and then there's the people I'll just mute right away because I, I can see where it's going. Like oh, for sure. you're probably, you're going to get blocked. I don't, I'm just tired. And <laughs> I, I think I'll just mute you. So you don't even know. And you're yelling down a hole, but uh, the best yeah. One. You just yeah, mute. Like, imagine you can mute like your yelling mother. Like, Sorry, right. Mom, I can't uh, yeah. hear you right now. Yeah. My mom's going to well, kick me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a parent, so maybe I, you know, maybe my loving spouse and I would like to mute each other once in a while. I mean, I, I don't know if you could imagine me ever, you know, being someone who a wife would want to mute. But No, never. Yeah. Never. I, just, but, I just block people who want to say, women belong in the kitchen and not in sports. Yeah. Yeah, that's moving a, right that's along. A, yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. I made the I made the mistake of getting excited about Carly Lloyd uh, on Twitter yesterday, and you know, heaven forbid, because oh, she's gonna get killed. She takes so many steps. I'm like, well, okay, could we maybe like she hasn't she hasn't been coached up yet, so could we see if she could like kick a 55 yard field goal in the right amount of steps? Let's try, and you know, and then I said like, name the kicker who's great tackler, you know, what, what kicker do you like as a tackler? And, you know, I got a lot of videos about, uh, Pat McAfee, who <laughs> is a punter and also an idiot. And one of my least favorite humans in, uh, the alleged sports media business. So that was a trigger point. And then I got a lot of, you know, punters did this and a punter did that. Okay. What about a kicker? Well, Adam Vinatieri one time ran down her Walker. Okay, cool. So yeah, I guess Carly Lloyd shouldn't even, you know, try. I mean, she's like literally one of the greatest soccer players of her generation, played massive, you know, games and rose to the occasion consistently, scored one of the greatest goals like ever in soccer from 900 yards out to put away Japan in a World Cup final in the first half, which was her third goal, by the way. So, yeah, I'm just going to say she shouldn't even try if she wants to and teams are interested don't even bother because oh my god who would ever think that right i mean there's always the it's crazy until someone tries it as we you know i could even say that for like the rams hiring someone like sean McVay, and now everyone's right. trying to replicate it so you get carly lloyd in the nfl all of a sudden we've got the whole usa women's soccer team on every uh every team in the nfl all 32 teams well well i mean seriously like if if, if, I, if let's say that she is coached up and knows how to do the steps and all that, now you're like talking, okay, I, I have a 55-yard kick that, you know, jobs are on the line, legacies are on the line. That's a lot of pressure. Like, I don't know, man. Is Carly Lloyd going to be able to handle the pressure? Like, I feel like in an athletic endeavor, that part of it, which is a huge part of it, mm -hmm. especially for kickers, she's probably going to have, like, some mental toughness. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Try, try taking a PK on the world stage. You know, like, I, literally, like, my kids all play soccer, and when they're in elimination games and have to take PKs, I am sick to my stomach and kind of half-watch. And luckily, they're all studs who can handle the pressure, and they usually make them. But still, it's a, one of the most 
you know, horrible experiences. And that's, you know, for some, you know, tournament championship or whatever you've never heard of. For the World Cup with your yeah. entire country and the whole world watching, watching to take a PK, yeah, that's kind of, uh, you know, that might be more pressure than, say, I don't know, uh, a 55-yard field goal in the fourth preseason game, which, which she was just off. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for Carly Lloyd trying to make an NFL team. I always say this, too, because I played baseball for 10 years in the Bronx, and um, I always um, – because people are like, oh, you handle pressure well. I'm like, dude, when you're playing against an entire league of men and you're the only female in a league at 16 years old and you go up to bat – you better freaking make contact with that ball because now you are reedifying every belief that they have in you that women should not be on the baseball field. So I'm all about right. that. Um, Andrew Luck, by the way, is no longer playing football. Wait, wait hold on. Can, can we talk? Can we talk about your baseball career for a second? So did you? <laughs> were you also playing softball at the time, or were you just playing baseball? Uh, there was a time where I was just playing baseball, and then I I switched over and did both, and that's when I threw out my arm um, on were a you, weekly were basis. Were you a slapper? Were you a slapper in softball? Were you, did they did you bat lefty and stuff? No, I didn't. I wasn't, and I wish I wow. did because um, because I probably I was a third in the lineup, and I was like a, a very a matcher, regular. Yeah. yeah, I was like doubles hitter all the time, but I was fast. So I think I led my softball uh, league in triples at one point because I was fast. So I was like, I'll make a double right. or a triple. But I was always I had a baseball swing, as my coach liked to call. The first year I played softball, I was called Special K because I struck out every freaking time in softball. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a I'm a college softball nerd, and I went to Cal, and I've had a great program. I've been to the women's college World Series, but so I like yeah, like and my my niece played D one. Like she, they converted her to lefty. She was very fast. Like I, you know, it's so hard to get a lefty out who makes contact. You know, in softball with that kind of speed, so yeah, I would imagine that they would have converted you young if that had been your one area of focus. Very interesting. Yeah, I should have switched over, and alas, I'm here covering the Rams instead, which is not yeah, I know, not a bad place to be. <laughs> it's ter- it's terrible. It, you know, why don't you make something of yourself? <laughs> and and you've had one of the oldest sports writers in America and a. Uh, a, a mem- and and a big uh, a guy that Skip Bayless admires greatly on your podcast. It's crazy. Wrote a fax about you. Um, facts. Facts. Why don't you just send it over on a dinosaur? <laughs> right. Um, going back to football. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but Andrew Luck he's not playing anymore. Um, and now yeah, Jacoby Brissett he's doing this thing. Um, there's yes. a Twitter handle that I found, Lieutenant Brissett. So does that properly replace Captain Andrew Luck? Is that do we just shift that over? That seems I'm thankful that someone on Twitter created that. I I feel <laughs> like the Captain Andrew Luck had jumped the shark a little. I mean, now it's interesting because there were I if I recall there was a, originally there was another Andrew Luck parody, and he used to say Dearest Abigail, which was like his girl. <laughs> or his wife, and I, I kind of enjoyed the dearest Abigail more than the dearest mother. Um, I, you know, I kept it in real life, had a nice run, but, like, at some point, you know, I feel like we're out of jokes. And, uh, like, I'd like to bring back, um, what's the Facebook uh, uh, quarterback, NFL QBs on Facebook? That was a great parody that ran for years. My, my sons and I used to have a lot of fun with that. But, uh, yeah, um you know, I think Jacoby Brissett might have to grow a neck beard, first of all, because that was the whole, you know, goof, how he looked. And secondly, you know, this is a, 
is an interesting moment, I think, because it is confusing to a lot of fans who see Tom Brady and Drew Brees, you know, 42 and 40, looking like you're going to have to drag me off this field and playing also at an insanely high level, uh, seemingly avoiding, you know, big, big injuries. You know, Drew had the shoulder early in his career and Brady had the ACL, but, you know, not getting touched as much and just acting like, yeah, I know in the past everyone had to retire by now, but you know what? I eat really healthy and it's going to be fine. And then you've got, um, you know, a guy who's 29 about to turn 30 who coming off a really good year with a lot of promise. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, on paper could play a lot longer. And he's saying the, you know, the mental and emotional uh, strain I'm under along with the physical is too much. And, you know, I, I get it. And I think people in our world get it and it's a heavy thing. And it's, you know, um, I, I think when, you know, Andrew talked about being in a dark space, just dealing with the shoulder and the uncertainty and the year off and all that. So I think when you get into dark spaces as a human, let alone as a, uh, you know, in, in a player in this world where it's, you know, so macho and, uh, they go through such incredibly physically trying things that most people can't relate to. Um, you know, we all have to kind of pay attention. So, um, you know, my first note would be, I, I just hope Andrew gets to a better place and hopefully he can. Uh, I think he probably knows himself pretty well and, and that's what he's doing. Um, you know, the fact that the last time he walked off a field, potentially, he's getting booed uh, by his home fans is super regrettable. And I know it's probably just a few outliers and I know it's, you know, they probably calmed down a few hours later and regretted it, but it is a bummer. I mean, the guy even said he, you know, he admitted afterwards when asked about it, that it, it upset him, you know, so he's already in a bad place. Now he's getting booed. So mm, um, I just, I just hope people, you know, I went through this a lot. I, I was pretty close to junior say and, uh, you know, in the aftermath of his suicide, I just, you know, I, depression is real. Mental health issues are real. Um, one of the, uh, one of the symptoms of depression is you are not clearly seeing reality in, in terms of, you know, it, basically it, it seems far bleaker than it actually is. That's literally one of the symptoms. So yes, things may be going poorly, but you're, tendency when you're suffering from it is to believe they're going really, really poorly. So it's something that can be treated. And, you know, certainly um, there's been a lot of success in terms of addressing it in many cases, but a lot of people feel alone and going to these dark places. So I just hope we all take it seriously as a community. It's obviously something that, um, you know, goes along with the physical trauma and the head trauma, and a lot of the things we've talked about. And, uh, you know, this hopefully is one of those reminders like, hey, we don't know what people are really going through. Um, and when it gets to be too much, you know, you don't have to get stuck in the cycle. But, Mike, what about my fantasy football team, man? <laughs> I was going to yeah, draft right. Andrew Luck. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't draft Antonio Brown either uh, if your draft was coming up. Put it that way. Uh, and, yes, I am uh, responsible for a 20-tweet thread that yeah, uh, talks about a lot a lot of the madness, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I honestly think that as good as fantasy football has been for, uh, business in my case, because more people are interested and diversion 
Um, you know, at first, what I didn't like about it was basically it's in me trying to figure out what would be good for people's fantasy teams. It's literally the opposite of what NFL coaches are trying to do. They're trying to get 53 guys to somehow gel and selflessly do something big that results in a team win. And they, they should not care who's getting the ball or who's getting the points or the touchdowns. So when my bosses back in the day would say, well, just ask a coach some fantasy questions at the end. I'm like, it would be oh, like, it, it's right. unnerving for me to even go there with a coach. Yeah. So, but you know, another product that I think has not been a good one is that this weird ownership thing. I mean, we already have this like crazy, um, knee jerk pro management strain of thought out there by people who are probably working in, you know, jobs where, they don't love the management and don't count out to their boss and believe the boss is always right and they should be grateful. But then when they apply it to football players, I guess because of the money and the fame, they think, oh, the owner's always right, the team is always right. So that's already weird. And we saw it with the last work stoppage and we'll see it again as the next, you know, as the CBA deadline approaches, I guarantee. Last time I didn't literally work for the NFL so I could go full uh, <laughs> power to the people. It, I, I, I'm sure I still will this time, but. I might not write the column comparing the NFL to communism that I did last time on Yahoo. Which Always you pushing on. the boundaries. <laughs> well, I mean, I write, it comes from the heart. There are a lot yeah. of parallels. But, you know, listen, I, I just think this ownership thing, I mean, they're already treated like, you know, commodities in a lot of people's minds. But then when, you know, we, how can Livio Bill sit out? He's on my team. I right. own it. It's like, dude, oh, I know. you don't own him, man. He's a, he's a man. <laughs> you might own the rights to his production, but you know, these are the breaks. So yeah, I just, you know, um, there's fantasy and there's reality and, you know, I know we all deal in reality and, uh, you know, we know a lot of, you know, we, we know a lot of things in our world that are pretty heavy and, uh, you know, intense and, uh, it is a game and it can be really fun. And, you know, we have moments like the Saints Rams game where we're sitting and watching going, I can't believe I'm, getting paid to be part of this really cool spectacle and it's an amazing story and, and all that. And then, you know, and then you have moments where you're like, Oh my God, if I hear another comment like that from someone who doesn't get it and is that presumptuous, I might light myself on fire, which would be a tragedy. But given that I've lived a full life being born in 1948, according right. to Wikipedia, right. it wouldn't be as big a tragedy as some would survive. Do you think, are you on this, uh, train of thought that you need, if you're going to use a player name pun for your team name, they have to be on your team or are you just a, uh, whatever you can come up with is, is fine kind of guy. Yeah, like well, I'm glad you asked because last year, um, our team name was a player pun. This is my sons and I are in the NFL that were talent league. Uh, my sons and I run this team and we've had some great names over the years, but, um, last year we did do a player uh, pun team name that was not on our team and that name was Muslim McCaffrey and we got so bad about midway through the season that we changed our name to Atheist McCaffrey uh, Atheist McCaffrey and actually started doing better and went on an incredible run and made the playoffs so you know once we got to the point where we were just like there is no fantasy god I mean we everything goes bad for us and we went full all in on the name uh, we, you know, we went on a run. So I guess that's a lesson to you out there on Monday. 
because I more want to have like this is the girls team and and have obviously Todd Gurley on my team and I you know but then if you don't get him I wasted a, a name you know on or like then I have to go Popeye's chicken sandwich or something like that you know yeah or uh yeah I, I don't know I've, <laughs> I've got I've got some thoughts um I got some thoughts my sons and I need to figure this out the next few days the draft is coming up last year we were called very fine people and uh you know that that worked out well um so or I mean two years ago excuse me so you know we're uh, you know we're, we're always looking around maybe enemy enemies of the people ah interesting all right, it is time for Serena's social segment. Serena, what we got today? Okay, Mike's like, what is that noise? Um, on Twitter, Mike, people are sharing their alarm screens like from their iPhone, and it's it's alarming, to say the least. Um, I'm not one to judge. I have four alarm clocks to wake me up every morning, so like, I have like 7.02 and 7.08 and... Uh, yeah, you're 10. like my daughter. Yeah, that's how she does it. She wants to just put it off, put it off, put it off. Do you have, how many alarms do you have on your phone? Like, let's be real. Or do you just wake up because the cow is mooing in the background? The old rooster. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm 71, so you can imagine with my prostate, I wake up a lot. Your sundial goes yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, you know, first of all, I am very probably rare in that when I am at home, I don't sleep with my cell phone on. Uh, one reason is that I want to remain married. And um, I, so, you know, I, so we still have a landline. You know, the kids have that number. Our parents have that number. You know, our family has it. But, um, you know, I, I don't even have it on. So I use an actual alarm clock if I need to get up when I am at home. And then when I'm on the road, I will use the phone now because I don't trust hotels, wake-up calls, you know, as much. But um, nah, I'm a, I'm a one alarm guy. I'll set it once. I'll get up. You know, wow. we've all had our moments where we screwed it up, but, uh, I'm pretty, you know, I, I'm still, I'm still scared that I'm going to screw everything up if I, you know, don't do what I'm supposed to do. So as much of a rebel as I can be at heart, I'm, I'm a rule follower when it comes to alarm. <laughs> Living out of fear. That's, that's the way to live. Um, yeah, sometimes. if, if not, I ask every single person who's come on the podcast, if not for football, like we're all here because of football, right? At the end of the day. So if not for football, what would Mike Silver be doing aside from all of the jobs that you've listed on your Wikipedia page? Well, well, I mean, I'd be doing journalism. So, I mean, I love covering football and could give you a million reasons why when I was at Sports Illustrated and before that at newspapers, I covered other sports too. I did a book with Dennis Rodman, blah, blah, blah. So if not football, probably other sports. And if not sports, probably other journalism. But I do. we all have to have our escape fantasies, right? And, you know, I, going back to the Andrew Luck thing. So, you know, we, we, you always have to have your escape fantasy. And I remember one time I was working at the Santa Rosa Press Democrat covering the 49ers uh, as a beat writer, grinding away every day. And it was just feeling hard, wasn't making a ton of money, a lot of the older, more established writers resented me and were kind of dicks. And I just was, I just kind of had it, man. And I was uh, late twenties and it was, uh, back in the old days, the 49ers had this kind of two sided press room with cubicles and you could hear people on the other side, but not see them. But I was ranting one day about how this job sucks and this is CS and I'm going to get out of here. And some 
other older writer who knew me from the other side, couldn't even see him, yells out, oh, yeah? What are you going to do? And I yelled, I'm going to be a bike messenger. And I went on a complete <laughs> long rant. So, and it was unplanned. It just came to me. I said, I'm going to go to San Francisco. I'm going to wear knee pads. And I'm going to cruise around on a bike. I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to deliver things. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to be fearless. And it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I got some laughs at least. You get a little ding on your bell, like a little little bell on your bike. Uh, well, back then, yeah. Back then, we had to actually pedal our bikes, you know. It's just not, not like now where, you know. So some friends of ours were like, well, I live in a town where everybody bikes. And some friends of ours were like, hey, we should all go out. Let's go, you know, let's take some bikes downtown and we can party. And they're like, let's go get those uh, Let's go get those jump bikes. And I'm like, huh? And they're like, you know, those bikes. I'm like, what, what, no, what are they? And they're like, oh, you know, they're kind of like a... You, they, you can you can uh, hit, use electric power, and I'm like, well, that's cheating. Like, what's the, why don't we just drive? I don't, you know, I just don't get it. Like, it's like I want I want every bit of exercise I can get if I'm choosing that, and if not, I'll just go in a car and Uber. It's just, Those you know. don't count towards your steps, Mike. Right? They don't count in your steps. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I want the I want, yeah. The biking doesn't count towards your steps, but you can get you can still get calories burned. And you could still get uh, minutes exercise. So it, at least it gives you something. But it is true. Like, I'll have days where, like, I look at my steps and I'm like, how could I be under 10,000 steps? I went on, like, a 70-minute bike ride. I completely exercised. Like, this is a joke. And then I'll be pacing around my house as, like, my wife and kids are looking at me going, seriously? And I'll be, you know, they'll be watching something. And I'll be like, oh, I'll watch while I pace. And, you know, go around the little cutting board island in the kitchen about 25 times and, you know, just try to try to hit that number. The best part about calling you 71 years old throughout this entire podcast is that you made yourself sound 71, whether it was electric bikes or my landline phone or the alarm Well, I believe, I believe I'm going all in, Serena. Like, I, if I'm going to be in character, I am going, I, I'm kind of a method actor that way. So I am going all in. I also feel like um, if and when I am able to turn 71 and there are still things such as, I don't know, podcasts or whatever they are, like, I feel like we should revisit this and it'll be like this epic <laughs> moment. Like, oh my God, you actually are 71. Do you remember what it felt like, you know, 38 years ago or whenever we did this and, uh, you know, when you were just pretending to be 71. And by the way, I probably will look every bit of 71 when I have 71, if I make it. Yeah, sunscreen. We'll store this in the Storopedia um, landline shelf somewhere. Um, uh, all, all I know is I, I look young enough to meet Serena at a New Orleans restaurant before the NFC Championship game in full, like, you know, like not holding anything back, being just as insane as I could be and assuming that this nice, seeming young lady that I met was going to like never want to interact with me again. And somehow like you're still here. So I don't know what that says about you. Well, we're still buddies years and years later when we're both 71 years old. Um, Mike, thank you so much. I got, I got got news for you. When you're 71 years old, you may be talking about me, but you will not be talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. You're the best. That's it. It's our fourth episode of rambling. It's in the books. Actually, it's our fifth. We went from four to five very quickly, Matt. Uh, That's hard. 
appreciate you, Mike. Thanks for hanging out. You guys are the best. Thank you. (laughs) 